Despite Joe Biden's repeated insistence that Americans who have already taken the COVID vaccine get a booster shot, the FDA just voted 16 to 3 to reject booster shots for the general public. Here it is. I've got it. Here is the news report of the vote. This is from uh, Yahoo. It's from the Independent through Yahoo. It's all, I don't want to be accused of spreading misinformation, okay? Now, even if the vaccine peddlers convince the FDA to reverse its decision, the vote has seriously undermined the prevailing public health narrative. Safe and effective. The vaccines are so effective that they require a booster shot and so safe that the FDA won't approve the booster shot for most people. Meanwhile, a fake January 6th reunion and a censored flood of foreigners across our southern border reminds American patriots that things are not always as they appear. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Charles Truppi, who says, when Nicki Minaj becomes the modern day John Locke, it's official. Time to get the earth Uh, Time to stop the earth. I need to get off. That is not fair. I actually don't think that's fair at all. Nicki Minaj makes much, much more sense than John Locke. Stop thinking like a liberal. Nicki Minaj makes a whole lot more sense than the vaunted Mr. Locke. When you want to protect your data, when you want to protect your identity in this crazy world of ours, I would strongly recommend you check out ExpressVPN. I want you to think about those things you look at online. You know, you go, you open up your internet browser, maybe you open up the incognito browser, you know, and you type in those websites you don't want anyone to see. You know, I'm talking about dailywire.com, okay, you're not, some of those conservative websites, they could get you in trouble, mister. To keep your data private, I would strongly recommend you check out ExpressVPN. You know, I mean, I'm making a joke about if you're looking at naughty things on the internet, but increasingly, even if you're looking at perfectly (laughs) wholesome things, perfectly ordinary things that are politically incorrect, that could pose a real problem for you because there are a lot of data brokers out there. Their whole business is to buy and sell your data. Worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to. They don't need to get your consent. Use ExpressVPN. It's super easy, okay? Data harvesters use your IP address to uniquely identify you and your location. When I use ExpressVPN, I click the button. ExpressVPN goes on. It's very simple on my phone and on my computer. And then I don't need to worry about it. If you're like me and you believe your data is your business, secure it with the number one rated VPN on the market. That's expressvpn.com slash Michael. Get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Michael to learn more. I love this vote from the FDA. I absolutely love it. It is my favorite news story in a very long time because... It is one aspect of the liberal establishment slightly breaking in any way from the rest of the liberal establishment, right? The FDA, the agency breaking from the dominant narrative that the vaccines are totally 100,000% safe and there's no question whatsoever about any safety and they're super duper effective and they're so great that you need multiple booster shots. The establishment, I mean, I don't know what term to use, the blob, the ruling class, the regime, they have done everything they can to prevent anyone from questioning the narrative whatsoever. I'll give you an example of this. I got a notification on my Instagram over the weekend that Gina Carano had, had tagged me in an Instagram story. I said, oh, that's great. You know, Gina Carano, this terrific movie TV star, now is doing a movie with the Daily Wire. So I look and it was just a little video of me making fun of 
Dr. Fauci. I wasn't really making any claims and no scientific or political claims in there. I was just kind of doing my Dr. Fauci voice and making fun of what a jerk he is, right? So that, that's all that it was. And it was her posting it and saying like, haha, this is funny. So I tried to repost it, but I couldn't because there was a big warning label on this video of me making fun of Fauci's voice. And it said, for COVID information, you've got to go to the blah, 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 blah. So I said, well, I'm not I'm not expressing any COVID information here. I'm just making fun of this jerk in the public health establishment. So, okay, I go, I kind of do a workaround. I go into my inbox. I find the story. I share it to my, my own page. And then a few hours later, I, I went back to look at it. I wanted to see how many people had seen it. You know, you get these, you get these analytics from Instagram. So I looked and I had shared two things to Instagram at the very same time. The first thing I shared had been seen by a little over 8,000 people. That, that had come from a, a very small account. Then I shared Gina's story. That had been seen by 58 people. <laughs> that is an impossibly small number. What it says to me is something we probably all inferred for a long time, which is that if you, you see something on Instagram with that warning label, COVID misinformation, it's just not being shared. It's being shared to so very few people that for all intents and purposes, it's not going up. And the oligarchy, the, in this case, using uh, big tech as a proxy, is, going, is willing to do that even on jokes, even on jokes about the high priests of the regime. Then also on Instagram, try searching for natural immunity as a hashtag. So we, we all know natural immunity is a thing. By the way, I don't want to be accused of spreading misinformation. Even the public health establishment, even Dr. Fauci is acknowledging there is such a thing as natural immunity, but it's taken a very long time for them to do that. And they're really trying to downplay it. If you search hashtag natural immunity on Instagram, it won't come up. The nearest thing is someone who wrote hashtag natural immunity with a middle finger emoji <laughs> because, because big tech is censoring this stuff. They don't want any of this information getting out. Okay. Well, explain to me then why it is that the FDA is holding off on booster shots for Americans. Before you say it, let me, I want to cut off the liberal critics at their knees. They'll probably say, well, no, Michael, it's just a technical issue. You see, because they didn't have enough data and what, don't worry, the next time it goes up for a vote, it's going to pass. And this, okay, I'm not asking about any of that. I'm not asking about any of the scientific data here. I'm asking why, if it is so obviously common sense that the vaccine is hundred percent safe and hundred percent effective, why the FDA wouldn't approve it for everybody. Obviously because they had questions about the safety of the vaccine for people under 65, for the vast majority of Americans. And as for the effectiveness, the very fact that you need the booster shot shows you that the, the vaccine is much less effective than we were told that it is. Some of us knew this from the beginning and we just continued to live our lives despite the Wu flu, in, in spite of the Chinese cough. There's a new study out about this, not about the effectiveness of vaccines or the virulence of the virus, but about how people reacted to it. And this is going to be a really shocking study. A study that shows that conservatives, Republicans, and Christians fared much better in terms of their mental health, in terms of their stress and anxiety during the COVID epidemic, especially the early days, then did the Democrats and the liberals and the atheists. Now, these are distinct categories, but there's obviously a lot of overlap. If you're conservative, you're also likely to be Republican. You're also likely to be Christian. If you're a lib, you're also likely to be a Democrat. You're also likely to be an atheist. I mean, it's a lot of 
a lot of overlap here. And here's what the study showed. Quote, this study demonstrates that religion protected mental health, but constrained support for crisis response during the crucial early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. Data from a national probability-based sample of the U.S. population show that highly religious individuals and evangelicals suffered less distress in March 2020. They were also less likely to see the coronavirus outbreak as a crisis and less likely to support public health restrictions to limit the spread of the virus. The conservative politicization of religion in the United States, whatever that means, can help explain why religious Americans and evangelicals in particular experienced less distress and were less likely to back public health efforts to contain the virus. We conclude that religion can be a source of comfort and strength in times of crisis, but at least in the case of this pandemic, it can also undercut efforts to end the root causes of suffering. So I'm going to pause it right there because I totally agree with half of this survey. I agree with the thing that the survey observed, namely that stress levels were lower in people who aren't atheist libs. The stress levels were lower in people who are conservative Christians. The part I'm going to disagree with is that this undercuts the way to solve the pandemic. It didn't undercut anything. I know that people are trying to make us forget this now. And they're trying to pretend that America never locked down and we never wore masks and we never did any of this. But we did. We did everything that these idiots told us to do. We, we slowed the spread for 15 days. We all wore the stupid masks when we had to. We all locked down. We all shut down our businesses. We all locked ourselves up in our homes, at least to some degree, for now going on a year and a half, more than a year and a half, for no reason, because it didn't work. It didn't work at all. Now, the, the, the revisionist history of this is, it, oh, we just couldn't get people to wear the masks. We did. People did wear the masks. Even me, I hated the stupid mask, but I would wear it in certain circumstances, on airplanes or whenever they forced me to. Okay, we did it, and it didn't work that well. And by the way, everyone was living their life as though this had a 50% mortality rate, and it didn't. The vast, 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 vast majority of people were perfectly fine with coronavirus. So, Rather than say, look, religion's a good source of comfort and it keeps down your stress levels, but it also can, can undermine the, the efforts that we need to stop the pandemic. It also makes people too complacent. No, it doesn't. We were right. We were right. Coronavirus, for the vast majority of people, is just not a big deal. We were right. We should just live our lives despite the very real possibility of death. And in the case of coronavirus, the very, very low possibility of death. Do n- this drives me nuts. Jonathan Haidt did this. A few years ago, when he he came out and gave a big TED talk about how the left doesn't understand the right, but the right understands the left. And he he described all of these various metrics by which the various political groups can try to make sense of one another. And the conclusion that he drew was, or rather the conclusion from the data was that the conservatives understand the liberals, but the liberals don't understand the conservatives. And then the political conclusion he drew was, and that's why we just need both sides, man. It's like, no, that's not why we just need both sides. The conservatives understand everything and the libs only understand about half of everything. And so actually, maybe you should defer to the conservatives because they're more correct. But we're not allowed to say that because, because we have to say that both sides are exactly the same or something. It's not true. We were right. The libs were wrong, period. Okay. They make us out to be the crazies. The, the ruling class of this country makes the right wing out to be the crazies. In fact, as this survey, as this study on stress shows, the libs are much likely, uh, much more likely to be the crazies. And the libs are now so crazy. They're so uh, tilting at windmills. They're so hunting for phantoms and ghosts that they're now holding their own insurrection parties to try to bait and catch people to which nobody shows up. 
You know, in this wild, crazy world with a wild, crazy economy, you really ought to check out Acre Gold. When things are going crazy in the economy, it's very important that you can hedge your bets against inflation. One great way to do that is with physical gold. Now, I know what you're thinking. Michael! What? Michael, I can't invest in physical gold. It's too expensive. No, calm down. Michael, there's no way. Yes, you can. And you can with Acre Gold. Acre Gold has figured out this ingenious way to start investing in physical gold without coming out of pocket all at once. You subscribe to their gold bars. When your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they will discreetly ship physical Acre Gold to your door. They've got a new $100 a month uh, subscription to a five gram gold bar. It's really, really great stuff. Go check it out right now. Visit getacregold.com slash Noel. Start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go to that URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar, free gold to qualify for the giveaway. Tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. That's getacregold.com slash Knowles. Thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting the show. There was a justice for January 6th rally this weekend. This was a a rally in Washington, D.C., and it was to avenge the terrible injustices done at January 6th, you know, and it was supposed to be for all the right-wingers to show up and demand that Trump be reinstated or something like that. Except no conservatives, very, very few, if any conservatives, showed up. Do you know who showed up? The press, the media showed up, and feds, law enforcement officials, some of whom were dressed up like they were in really military gear, could have used them in Kandahar, could have used them in Kabul. And then the other ones were, were undercover. The whole thing was, a, was an op. The whole thing was fake. I don't know that there were any actual <laughs> pro-Trump, right-wing, conservative, whatever you want to call them. I don't know that any of the, those people were actually there. There was a photo that went viral. It's so funny. Uh, someone just posted this with the caption, you know, look at these fed boys, basically. So it's a group of, of men standing next to a Gadsden flag. Don't tread on me. And they stick out like a sore thumb. Okay, the term for, for people like this is glowies. <laughs> this is the uh, online slang. Glowies meaning federal agents who are trying to pose as whatever, insurrectionists, terrorists, criminals, but they stick out like a sore thumb. They glow in the dark, okay? So these guys are all wearing, not quite matching, but almost matching clothing. Tight jean shorts, all of which have the, almost all of which have the cuff rolled up at the bottom. All similar style shirts without any labels on them, all wearing the same watch, a non-Apple smartwatch, looks like a garment, all wearing basically the same sunglasses, if not exactly the same sunglasses. One of them went to the trouble of getting a fascist haircut. You know, it's really thin on the side and then a little longer on top, but he didn't get it early enough like clearly he went down to the Pentagon barber that afternoon because the <laughs> because that part of his hair that had been shaved off is is extremely white compared to the rest of his skin so it was a very recent haircut and they're all kind of checking around checking their six a lot of situational awareness not one of them has any tattoos not one of them is wearing a trump shirt or anything like that it's pathetic now i guess there look there's a chance that these are legitimate protesters oh they're they're wearing uh, black dress socks some of which are a little bit short, but the one guy like forgot to change over at Langley. So it's a little bit longer and they've all got 
something sticking out of their pocket, presumably some kind of firearm. If it's not a fire, and by the way, it's illegal to have, have that firearm there. Uh, if it's not, I, I believe it's illegal. I think they're on, on grounds where that would be illegal. If, it, if uh, they're not carrying that, or so presumably they're law enforcement. If not, it sure looks like one, all matching. It's just so, so fake. Uh, it gives me, the only thing that really gives me hope here in this picture is what, how incompetent they are. By the way, here's my further evidence, because I don't want to seem like I'm a conspiracy theorist. So there were, we're getting uh, conflicting reports, but there were as many as four arrests made during the rally. So just four arrests made during the rally. And they may very well all have been arrests of law enforcement people, because we have video of one of the arrests, and you can actually see in the video of the arrest, the guy who's being arrested pulls out his badge. So he's pulling out a badge and the rest, the rest of law enforcement is there and they're, you know, kind of dragging him and then they, they drag him off and it's uh, very, very silly and very, very fake. Authenticity is a very difficult thing to fake, okay? So this is showing, as I think many of us would have inferred from some of the January 6th stuff, that the federal government has an interest in trying to provoke these sorts of incidents. I mean, this is why at this, I'm not saying the Ku Klux Klan doesn't exist. I'm just saying it's about 97% FBI agents or 99% FBI agents. I mean, these, it's, it's all, it would seem to me just a kind of farce. It's all play acting. Okay. Authenticity is very hard to fake, though, even beyond the silly, you know, rally, rally for January 6th. Hey, do any of you fellow dissidents want to commit acts of domestic terrorism? Hey, hey, come on, do it. Do it. It's like poking the guy with a stick. Uh, But you'll see this in, in regular politics, too. I saw two campaign ads over the weekend that I think will show you the distinction we're talking about here. The first one was from the much maligned Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, airs this ad to convince people of her toughness on socialism. Nancy Pelosi is sneaking the Green New Deal into the $3.5 trillion budget. And in 2022, I'm going to blow away the Democrat socialist agenda. the website below and sign up to win my 50 caliber gun before Joe Biden bans it. Okay. I love this commercial. Okay. And the, the whole knock on Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? She's kooky. She's crazy. She's extreme. And then she does this, this commercial where she's there with a Barrett 50 cal and she blows up a Toyota Prius that says socialism on it. And I think she really blew it up. I mean, I think all those various angles were of the car actually exploding in the middle of a field. Then she says, go to this website and you can win my gun. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I think that's a pretty effective ad. And I think she's pretty popular in her district. So I think it's, it's obviously working. Compare that to Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, who has had some problems with the conservative base, specifically with how he handled the, the various uh, shenanigans around the 2020 presidential election. Uh, Kemp tries to make almost the exact same ad Take a listen. Let me know if you think it's as persuasive. 
I'm Brian Kemp. I'm so conservative, I blow up government spending. I own guns that no one's taken away. My chainsaw's ready to rip up some regulations. I got a big truck, just in case I need to round up criminal illegals and take them home myself. Yep, I just said that. I'm Brian Kemp. If you want a politically incorrect conservative, that's me. I don't think the cringe is ever going to leave my face. You know how when you were a kid and your mother said, don't cross your eyes, they'll get stuck that way. That's what's going to happen to the cringing that's happening on my face right now from, from watching that commercial. Brian Kemp has to open up with this, with this phrase, three words. I'm so conservative, right? Mar- you'll notice Marjorie Greene doesn't open up with I'm so conservative because people know. <laughs> Okay, that lady, she had a big sign that said transgenderism is fake or some version of that outside of her congressional office, which was right across the street from some huge pro-trans activist, okay, right across the the, uh, hallway. So she's, she lays it all on the table, okay? She doesn't need to say, I'm Marjorie Greene and I'm so conservative. So Brian Kemp does. And says, I blow up government spending. But he didn't blow up government spending. Something exploded behind him, but, but notice he didn't shoot it. He wouldn't, oh gosh, he wouldn't want to be caught firing a gun. That could be misinterpreted by people, right? So they both blow something up, but with Brian Kemp, it just happens behind him with Marjorie Green. She pulls the Barrett 50 cal. Then he says, I've got my guns that nobody's taken away again, but you see he'll hold the gun then. He'll blow something up, then he'll hold the gun, but he certainly won't shoot the gun. Then he moves on. He says, and I've got this big truck you know, it's, it's like a Saturday Night Live parody of a conservative commercial. It goes, I've got this big truck in case I need to round up any criminal illegals. Listen to that phrase. Let that sink in. Criminal illegal. A little redundant, wouldn't you say? Those words mean the same. It's like, like yeah, if I, in case I need to round up any illegal illegals. But what he's doing here, it's a very specific wording. He's not saying he's going to round up all the illegals. He's going to round up only the illegals who are committing additional crimes who are here in the United States, which of course he's not going to do. Then he says, I've got this chainsaw to rip up regulation. (laughs) You know, this kind of 90s and 2000s, just like we need to privatize everything and that's going to lead to a conservative country. I'm so, and then after he said the illegal line, what did he say? He said, yeah, I really said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm really impressed with myself because, hey, I know how out there that was. <laughs> yeah. If you want a politically incorrect governor, vote for me. Now, look, I'm not making any comment about the efficacy of Marjorie Green or Brian Kemp in office. I'm not making any point on their record. I'm making a point on authenticity. Marjorie Green really is who she says she is. Brian Kemp is not. He is playing a role. He's playing this rowdy, rough, tough conservative, but it's not, it's not real. Some, some operative in Washington, D.C. wrote that commercial and didn't do a very good job about it. And I think what we're seeing right now with what happened at the, the fake January 6th rally and what's going on right now with the public health narrative collapsing, we are now seeing more clearly than perhaps ever before the stark difference between the appearances and the realities of our political situation. Now, when you really want to protect your guns, I would strongly recommend that you check out Gun Owners of America. The government is coming for your rights. This is not a hypothetical. It's happening right now. Gun Owners of America believes that the Second Amendment, your God-given right to defend yourself and your loved ones, is under attack like never before. Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, they all want to ban guns and register gun owners with the government. We cannot let this happen. Do not let, I th- if the last year and a half hasn't shown you what happens when you give the ruling class just a little bit, 
then I don't know what will. It's up to all of us to protect our gun rights. That is why I'm asking you to visit Gun Owners of America today. GOA is the only no-compromise gun lobby in Washington. Along with their grassroots army, they are taking the fight to the Congress, the White House, and state legislatures from coast to coast. GOA has a special message and a free gift just for listeners to this program. So head on over to gunowners.org slash Knowles to learn more. That is gunowners.org slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to learn more about how we can take the fight to the left and stop the left from taking away our gun rights. Ben is coming up. He's going to be talking about how the border is wide open. We're going to be talking about that in just a second. So go check out Ben's show for sure. And we'll be right back with a lot more. Welcome back to the show. Something I have noticed about the difference between the right and the left is that the left wants the appearance of the thing without the thing itself. And the right wants the real thing, wants the real reality. And and this is something we talked about in the early, early days of this show. And we haven't talked about it a lot recently, but I mean, years ago, this, this was a point I really like to focus on. The left likes decaf coffee. You know, the left likes impossible burgers, meatless hamburgers. The left likes those things. The left likes to call things marriage that are not really marriage. The left likes to call things nations that are not really nations. The left likes the the appearance, they like the form of the thing, but they don't want the actual substance of the stuff. And this is why I think this, this focus on authenticity does to a great degree matter. When we're, when we're trying to figure out political candidates or political campaigns or our political system. Is it the real thing or is it just the appearance of the thing? When the left talks about our democracy, they don't actually like our democracy. They hate democracy in Texas that passed that pro-life law. They hate democracy that elected Donald Trump, at least in 2016. They hate that aspect of our democracy. What they really like is their liberal rule. They want the appearance of democracy, but they don't actually want democracy. I mean, right now, the, the amount of focus they have put into locking down Washington, D.C. from patriotic Americans is, is much more intense than the focus they put on locking down Kabul against terrorists, right? Because they've got, they want to protect the semblance of our democracy without permitting real participation in that democracy. For years, they talked about how widespread mail-in voting was a, a grave threat to election integrity in this country and the right to vote. Now that they're in power and they think they can get a fast one by us. They're pushing that entirely, all in the name of our democracy. And then probably the, the, the most obvious attack they've made on our democracy is that they are flooding the country with foreign nationals whom they are already promising to give uh, amnesty to and put on a path to citizenship so that they can vote. And we, the people, have absolutely no say in that. And every single illegal alien who comes into this country and is put on a path to citizenship takes away one vote from an American. Every single one. Every single, and how many? We have, what, 11 million, 20 million? How many illegal aliens are there in this country? Maybe more than that. And it is, it's not just as though this is a persistent problem that keeps on and keeps on and keeps on. Right now, we are seeing a flood of the illegal aliens come across the country. 
Fox News, got to give them credit, they had a, a drone that was flying over the Rio Grande to show this flood, this unceasing flood of foreign nationals pouring into our country. The FAA grounded the drone. Why? Because of the fears of the uh, drone, that the drone was going to harm the illegal aliens or something like that? No, it's because they didn't want the press to cover this incident. So then Fox News later went up in a chopper and started covering what went down. This is a wild situation to see from the air. We reported earlier that the FAA grounded our Fox News drones. We cannot fly those well. The troopers with Texas DPS are kind enough to let us go up in their helicopter with them to get a look at the situation at this bridge right now. And they are waiting underneath the international bridge, waiting to be processed by Border Patrol. Look at the mass of people down there. This time two days ago, there were just over 4,000 people. There are now upwards of 11,000. We are talking nearly a tripling of the numbers in just 48 hours or so. You can get a real good perspective from the air right here of how many people are constantly streaming in. So uh, 11,000 people waiting to be processed. What do we mean by process? Do we mean that the border patrol will say, no, I'm sorry, you're not an American citizen, you've got to go home? No, no. What it means is they're going to come in. We're not going to know if they have COVID or not (laughs) for a lot of these people, okay? They're going to come in, they're going to be given a court date, they're going to be released into the interior of the country, they're not going to show up for their court date, and and then they're going to be put on a path to citizenship the minutes that the, the Democrats have the political capital to do it. Being processed is putting them on the very first step of their path to citizenship, which is inevitable once the Democrats have enough political power to do it. That's what's going on right now. And we're not allowed to say boo about it. And and don't forget, for a very long time, the Republican Party was basically fine with that. The argument was not between more immigration or less immigration, but between more immigration that, that is mostly illegal or more immigration that is mostly legal. But no one, it's, it's, a, it's a fake debate. It, it's what we talk about all the time. The court jester conservatives who pretend to, to put up some opposition, but in fact, the, the only purpose they serve is to legitimize the liberal ruling class. They play their little part and they say, yes, we're, we're kind of slightly opposing the liberal agenda, but actually their, their effect is to support it. That's what we're seeing. But now I think people are finally saying once again, you know, I think we may have too many immigrants coming into this country. It's not that we hate the immigrants. It's not that we're racist or xenophobic. It's just that, you know, we're taking in millions and millions of foreign nationals a year, so much more than anyone, anyone else in the world. And uh, the movement of immigrants into the United States over the last 60 years is the largest movement of human beings in recorded history. And actually our country's kind of collapsing and our internal cohesion's falling apart. And, and we're actually discouraging assimilation now. So maybe just, we got to cool it a little bit. I'm not saying no immigrants ever again, but maybe we got to drastically reduce the number of immigrants coming into this country. Only now, after years and years of a fake debate, are we seeing some conservatives stand up and say, you know, we've got to really stop this. We've got to slow this down significantly. J.D. Vance made a good point on this. J.D. Vance is the, he's the author of Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, he, he is now running for Senate in Ohio. J.D. Vance just posted the picture of this. He said, send in the Marines. Of course we should. Of course we should send in the Marines. If we are not willing to use our military 
to stop a flood of foreigners from illegally pouring over our border. There's a word for that, isn't isn't there? If we're not willing to use our military to stop that, to defend the American homeland, what do we have a military for? Oh, we have a military to build schools for girls in Kandahar, right? That's, that's what we've been using the military for. We have a military to go hoist the pride flag on the, the embassy in Kabul, but we can't use our military to protect the American homeland against millions of foreign nationals who are pouring in to, to force themselves to become American citizens over time with the help of the liberal ruling class. Send in the Marines, of course, to stop this. But that would undercut what is now the agenda of border, border patrol and the immigration law enforcement authorities, which is not to enforce the law, which is to obliterate the law and release these foreigners into the United States. And the American people don't get to say boo about it. It's enough to make you wonder how long the country can persist. Some people are looking at this this collapse of any kind of unity in the country. And they're saying, this is a bad thing. Oh, this, this, this isn't good when the country is being torn apart at the seams. Some people are saying maybe it is a good thing. A comedian Sarah Silverman came out on her podcast and said, maybe it's time for a national divorce. I mean, this may be a negative thought, but, or maybe a positive one. I don't know. But if people aren't getting along, uh, like in relationship, they break up, you know? So like, why don't we just finally just realize that this these states aren't working and like divide up into like two or three countries of like USA 1 and USA 2 and they can be USA 1 like the conservatives can be USA 1 because they love being number 1 and it means something to them and I'd love to have that be theirs they can be USA 1 we'll be USA 2 and we'll be allies and you'll come over here and we'll go over there. And, you know, when you come to certain, many times when you go to a different country, you have to get a vaccine. That's that. And that's that. That's that. And we'll be allies. You know, ju- just like countries that separate are famously allies, like India and Pakistan. You know, we'll, ju- <laughs> we'll just be allies like India and Pakistan. Won't that, that'll work out well, right? What Sarah Silverman is suggesting here is not just being promoted by people on the left. It's being promoted by people on the right too. Time for a national divorce. Time for a split. Balkanize the country. Rip the country apart. That, that'll solve our problems. Let's just do it. Who cares? That is the lib- liberal or libertarian answer to our national problems. And as such, it's totally wrong. I think there are three ways of looking at the national problems, the problems of national cohesion right now. There's the left-wing way, which is dominate the conservatives, make them go along with our way of thinking and run the country. Then there is the sort of libertarian-ish way, which is, hey, let's just split. Let's just split, guys. Come on. If, you, if we're not enjoying it anymore, let's just, it's social contract. Let's just, let's just rip it up and start again. And then there's the actual conservative way, which is, no, how about we rule? How about we rule the country and bring, bring this country back into line? When we ruled the country, things were relatively better. And uh, so let's, let's try to do that again. That's the conservative way. It's not just live and let live, man. It's not just, hey, you don't like us anymore. Let's just split up the country. You can have California. We'll have Texas. It is, no, this is, this is a country. 
if we start splitting up the country now, it's going to end with 330 million different countries. Okay, it's going to end, everyone's going to split. Texas is going to split in two, then it's going to split in four, then it's going to split in 16, and it's just going to keep going on that way. Anytime anyone has a disagreement, because no one's going to have the guts and the chutzpah and the vision to rule. And so that's it. And then we'll just have a zillion countries and then China will invade and that's it. No, or we're going to rule the country. I love, Sarah Silverman gives a very good analogy here. She says, it's like when people are in a relationship and they don't like each other, they split up. But now a, a country is not like your um, middle school girlfriend, okay? It's not like your middle school relationship. It's not just like, well, one month you're dating this person and the next month you're dating that person. A country is like a marriage. And I know that there are many liberals and libertarians today who believe, look, if, if you don't like your wife, just leave her. Just split. If you guys aren't having fun, have, have a no-fault divorce, just split. It's no big deal. All that matters is pursuing your own pleasure. That's not the conservative view of things. If you, if you are having trouble in your marriage, fix your marriage. How about if you're having trouble with your marriage, how about you lead your household? How, how about that crazy? I know you're not allowed to suggest that anymore, but I think that would be the right thing to do. A national divorce is not only impossible, I don't think it generally works, but if, it, it, implausible at least, but if, it, if there were to be such a thing, people would die. And there would be lots of messy, ugly things, and we would not be allies. We would almost inevitably go to war. The country did try to split one time. didn't turn out very well. And, and that would be that. So are you, really, are you really willing to go out and shoot your neighbor over some... Because so, I'm not. Not yet, anyway. I, I don't think we are at the point where we need an actual split, an actual civil war. I don't think we should do that. I think we should just have a nation and insist upon over the protestations of not just libertarians, but the liberal ruling class. We need to insist upon a nation with national unity, with a vision of the good that is not evil, and actually just do it and insist upon borders and deport foreigners and have standards and enforce those standards and actually have a good country. That's what we need to do. I know, it's, the, it's the most radical solution of all is actually have a country. The, left, the answer to leftist predations is not to split it is to beat the left. Think about this. We, th- we talk about abortion. They say, okay, so half the country wants to kill babies. Half the country doesn't want to kill babies. So let's just split. So hold on. Your answer, your answer to half the country's killing a million babies a year is let them do it. That's not my answer. Even far short of killing babies. Right now, there are videos going around of the left forcing cute little kids to wear masks for absolutely no reason whatsoever other than their own enforcement of, of their authority. They're forcing these masks on these little kids. And w- our answer is what? We're just going to let them do it? I don't think so. Uh, a video has gone viral of a daycare worker forcing a little kid, I don't know, how old is this kid? Two or three years old? To wear a face mask. Put yeah. the mask on. Yeah. No, you gotta put, you gotta wear it on the honey. No, you gotta keep it on. Put your mask on. There you go. Keep it right there. Yay, Mason! Yay! You see on Mason. Look, we're gonna keep it right here. Nope. I can't watch anymore. That woman who is doing this, 
should not only be fired, she should be in a just society. She would be arrested, tried, and banished to some Pacific island as far away from civilization as possible. This is insane behavior. One, we know statistically from the data that children are very, 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 very unlikely to face any serious consequences of the coronavirus. Now, if you're saying, well, the kid has to wear the mask to protect the adults, we know, we were just told that the vaccines are extremely effective at preventing the people who receive the vaccines from facing serious consequences from coronavirus. Presumably all of those adults have had the vaccine. And if they won't get the vaccine, then surely the answer to protecting themselves is not to muzzle up a little kid who doesn't even know what's going on. That's sick. That is sick behavior. That's sick people in a very sick country doing very sick things. The answer to that is not, well, let the libs do whatever they want. Well, live and let live. Gosh, I'm going to avoid New York, huh? Let's just split the country in half. The answer is hold these people to account and pass laws. Not, Not that that's the actual way that we're really governed much anymore by passing laws. It's usually through some random agency. Actually, that's where the vaccine mandate's coming from, some random, unaccountable executive agency. But do what you can, wield political power in such a way that that kind of behavior is illegal and that when people do it, they face consequences for it. Offer a standard, offer a political vision, and then have the guts, have the, have the spine to actually enforce it. This is something, conservatives, you know, even in the sort of freewheeling last few decades where they've lost a lot of their political mind, sometimes they'll still hit on the right policy. The problem is they've, been, they've had their brains so turned to soup by, by shallow libertarian slogans or neoconservative slogans that they refuse to actually enforce anything. Well, it would be wrong for us to tell that daycare worker that she can't muzzle the little kid. Why is that wrong? Well, you know, you, you even heard this from some people on the abortion issue. Well, look, I oppose abortion because I don't think it's good to kill babies, but I would never impose my view on others. Well, why not? You, you impose your view on murder laws, on some murder laws at least. You impose your view on traffic laws. You impose your view on rent laws. You impose your view on laws against theft. You, sometimes, I guess, before BLM riots started up. So why not? Wh- why, what is the holdup here? What is the holdup here? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Speaking of the American empire and... Uh, the ways in which we now abuse people. This is a real heightening of this. It's a story. It's not getting a lot of traffic in the establishment media. The the United States droned what it held to be a terrorist. But then it turned out actually it wasn't a terrorist that we droned. It was an aid worker in Afghanistan. Then it turned out it wasn't just an aid worker. It was an aid worker and two other adults in, in the aid worker's family. And then it turned out, oh, it actually wasn't just an aid worker and the two other adults. It was an aid worker and two other adults and seven kids, seven kids. Now I I know that in war there is collateral damage. This is one of the arguments for being a little more circumspect when we go to war, a little more reticent to actually go and invade countries and hold them as, as territories. Seven kids. If you have ever had a kid, think about it the child is conceived. Then you get very excited. You wait nine months, you know, you start getting little baby clothes and things like that. And then the baby is born and then it takes the mother a little while to recover. And then the baby's up all night. Remember the baby's up all night and nursing. And then you raise the baby and, you know, he's getting a little older, takes his first little steps and all these big milestones. And then you do that again and again 
and again, and again, and again, and again. And then some drone blows up your entire family. Puts it a little bit more into perspective. The, uh, the adults are back in charge though. You didn't hear these stories from uh, Donald Trump. I'm not, I'm not going to say it. You know, you know what I'm not going to say, right? You know the thing that every pundit says on the conservative side when something like that, you know, I'm not, I don't, I will not say if the situation was reversed. Well, if that, you know, if this were, if this were a Donald Trump, who did this? If this, because, because we all know that, because we all know that it doesn't matter. The reality of, of what the Biden administration has done just with this one case, this one family of 10 that the Biden, the Biden administration just blew up. Even more than that, the way the press has handled it shows you something that may be even more chilling than the Biden administration blowing up a family in Afghanistan. Namely, the way our political system really works. Every tiny little story, real or imagined, that can in any way be ginned up into a scandal under a Republican will be. And that's especially true if the Republican is actually a threat to the liberal establishment. Then they'll impeach him over a phone call with Ukraine. And the Democrats can just blow up whole families with seven kids and the Democrats can bust open our borders and the Democrats can abuse children and mutilate children and kill children. And that's just completely fine. That's the reality of the political situation we're in, which is why we need actual conservatives with actual political vision and as important as anything, courage, spine to actually enforce a political vision to stop it. This political battle that we think is just one side versus the other side, and we win sometimes, and they, that's not even close to what the reality of the political situation is. We are up against Leviathan, and we need real tough guys with real vision and real clarity to be able to do it. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The entire corporate media condemned a woman as a bigot and a transphobe when she complained about a man exposing himself inside the women's locker room at Wee Spa in Los Angeles. But now they're silent after revelations about this man and what he was really doing inside that locker room. We'll talk about that today. Also, the mayor of San Francisco defends herself against charges of hypocrisy after being seen partying maskless at a nightclub. Daycare workers are caught on tape trying to force a mask onto a very young child. The former head of the FDA says that the whole six feet of social distancing rule was arbitrary and nobody knows where it came from. 
And finally, the Biden administration now wants permanent access to all of your banking information and your transaction history. Who could possibly object to that? We'll talk about that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.